Welcome to Higher Caliber, where each week we dive into the backstory and history of the people and companies that keep America running. All right, guys, Jared here. Today I am sitting at Central Ohio EMS training with Angie Hoptry. Angie, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, Jared. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Angie Hoptry, and I'm the owner of Central Ohio EMS training. Um, I'm also the program director and the lead instructor. Um, we joke around here that I'm also the janitor and the <laughs> <laughs> and the window washer. And uh, no, seriously, um, we have some great staff and some great faculty here. So, but um, uh, I am the owner and the lead instructor. I'm also an active paramedic for Washington uh, and Worthington townships. Um, I'm also the team leader for Tri-County uh, Critical Incident Stress Debriefing Team. I'm also a mental health therapist, and in my spare time, I also have a great husband who just retired from um, Springfield Township Fire Department, and I have four grown kids and five grandchildren, and um, no other spare time, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what got you uh, in the business in the first place? So when I was a kid, there was this really cool show on called Emergency, right? And um, everybody in the United States back then was watching that show. <laughs> well, maybe not everybody, but everybody in my family was watching it. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And uh, my family was a military family and public safety family. My dad was a police officer. And so I just always had that in my mind that I wanted to do something like that. I just always thought that was the coolest thing. And so, um, you know, when I got older, that opportunity presented itself. And so I uh, went to EMT school. And then eventually, um, I expanded that I ended up um, getting into law enforcement, but I uh, EMS was always my first love. And so I ended up, you know, going through the ranks, I became an advanced EMT, and then I became a paramedic. And um, I spent a lot of my um, career working doing 911s in Mansfield. Uh, at that time, you know, the fire department didn't transport. And so um, I worked in uh, the city doing 911 transports. And that was really a great experience. I really learned a lot there. And um so, but then I also worked for um, Mifflin Fire Department for a number of years as well, and I spent a lot of time volunteering my time as well. So I feel like I had a really well-rounded um, education yeah. working uh, in all the various systems. But um, I felt like I wanted to be able to give back and be in the educational piece of that. And at that time, Madison Adult Education had an EMT program, and so... I was able to get involved with that by helping as a lab assistant. And um, so I did that for a while. And then uh, at that time, there was what was called a special topics instructor. And so that was a, 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 actually a designation from the state of Ohio that you could pick five topics that you specialized in. And the program director from, in that case, Madison Adult Education, had to basically sign off on you and agree that you could teach those five topics. And so I did that for a while, but um, Madison Adult ended up dropping the EMT program because, you know, to them, they're such a big program. Right. They just felt like, you know, the EMT program was not really, you know, making that much money for them. And right. it was just really a small thing, you know, to them. Cosmetology um, kind of. Ex ex exactly. Yeah. Right. And so... Um, 
I was just really frustrated that there really wasn't really very good educational offerings for EMS in our area. And so I decided that I would just try to start my own program. And I had no idea how to do that at the time, not the faintest idea. And so um, I was uh, involved with teaching um, a BTLS course, and I met a lady named Jenny Reedy, who at that time was the program director for the EMS, um, the paramedic program for Columbus Division of Fire. And she invited me to come and take um, an instructor course at Columbus Division of Fire, And I was so excited about getting to do that. And so I went down there and I took the course and she would not take any money. She wouldn't let me pay her for this course. And so she said, "Um, I am not going to take any money. I'm just going to ask that you continue to use your talent and skill to, you know, always pay it forward. And so I've always kept that in my mind, you know, and always tried to do that for for my whole career, you know, try to always find people to help and mentor and, you know, people that I see that kind of have that fire and really want to, yeah. to help and, and move forward. And so once I became um, an instructor, then I set my sights on trying to open a program, which I also had no idea how <laughs> to do. And so um, I had a great friend named Dan Dowds, who um, at that time worked for Mansfield Fire Department, and um, he's since um, passed away. But um, he also worked part-time as an instructor for EHOVI Career Center up in Milan. And so I talked him into getting me um, a meeting with his program director, um, Sandy, at that time her name was Sandy Wagner. And so he set up this meeting uh, with Sandy Wagner. And then so she turned out to just be a wonderful mentor. And actually, I, I still have lunch with her every now and then. Her name is Sandy Hovis now. And so um, she has been a great mentor. I, I try to, that's been something that's been a constant in my life is I try to um, keep people in my life that um, are smarter than me, <laughs> you know, that, that, that have a higher, they just have such a high bar, you know. Um, I just think that's important for everybody to always have people in their life that, you know, challenge you. Yeah. Um, I think that's really, really important. And so um, anyway, she gave me lots of pointers and lots of tips and strategies and, and really, really, really helped me. And so uh, I just sort of dove in. Yeah, um, head first. Head first, yeah. <laughs> Um, some people say I'm impulsive. I just really say that I'm decisive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really. So I applied to the state of Ohio, and um, we started in a room above uh, what was then Critical Life on Diamond Street. Mm, yeah. And we borrowed some uh, equipment from Critical Life, and then uh, Shelby Ambulance had closed down, and so Dave Speakman gave us some old equipment from Shelby Ambulance. That's nice. And so... Because you had to have a you know certain equipment and that type of thing you yeah. know and they and so someone from the state came to um, they had the application and so they came to inspect the equipment and um, we passed <laughs> I was like <laughs> I couldn't believe it yeah and so we uh, we I had only applied for EMT and advanced EMT because I wanted to make sure that we could do that before we you know got into the paramedic right. level and so we did that for a year and it was successful. And then so the next year, we uh, applied for the paramedic level, and we were able to achieve that. And you were a medic at that time already? Yeah, yep. I was a medic at that time. And so um, here we are. 
And so we uh, we moved from the um, the room above Critical Life, and we had our uh, little facility down in Lucas, and then we outgrew that facility, that campus, and then um, we are here on our Lexington campus, and now we've. We're, we're growing in our Lexington campus. We've now taken our space, uh, some space next door, and so we're just growing. Do you know off the top of your head how many um, other classrooms in the state of Ohio there are? How many other programs? How many programs, rather? You know, I don't know, actually, how many there are. Um, there, aren't, there aren't very many paramedic programs. Yeah. Um, that are accredited in the state of Ohio. Um, if I'm going to hazard a guess, I would probably say around 100. Okay. and Maybe um, less. Mostly colleges, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were at that house in Lucas. How long were you? Because, you know, I was there as a kid. Yeah. How long would you say you were in Lucas? Well, we started in 1999. So we've only been here, gosh, let's see. I would say we were there for for probably 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. So we had um we owned that building and we had been using it as a rental. Yeah. And um it had a it had a weird shape in the downstairs and so we just had the downstairs completely um you know basically gutted, gutted yeah. and just made it one big open room and that yeah. worked out because we could put 25 people in that room. Right. And then we just made the upstairs offices um which the secretary hated, you know, because of the <laughs> stairs. But I thought it was really a great workout situation. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it worked out really great. Can you talk a little bit, kind of the change in EMS? Because you've seen it all. You've had to teach it all and implement all this stuff. So what would you say is the biggest change from when you started to what you're teaching now? As far as changes, I think that... There has been a change in just how the education process is delivered. Yeah. I don't necessarily think there's a change in content. I mean, obviously, medicine is dynamic, and right. so there there are changes, and that's good. There are changes in you know updates. I mean, as we know, we there's a change in whether we use backboards now, and there's <laughs> a change in you know whether we use oxygen and things like that now. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think that's good, but the way that education is delivered is changing. Um, technology use is changing, and I think that that's a good thing. Yeah. I was very surprised to find out that even, um, well, actually in 2012, we applied to, be, um, to become approved to provide online education. Mm. And um, the Ohio Revised Code and the Ohio Administrative Code had this provision that said, um, if you want to provide online education, fill out this application that's prescribed by the board, you know, et cetera. And so I contacted the Ohio Division of EMS and I said, you know, where is this application? I'd like to, I'd like to apply. And they said, well, no one's ever asked us. We, we don't have an application. Oh. And so I just literally copied the Ohio Revised Code and I just answered all the questions. And, I, and so I just sent that to them yeah. and they approved me. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> they literally sent me an email and said, "Okay, you're approved," and that was and I and I and I have that email and so that was my approval, and I was shocked to find out that people were not providing online education. 
that that was just so yeah. so shocking to me. And so here we were, just this little teeny program, you know, and all these big you know giant colleges out there were not providing online EMS education. And so I think that that's been a big change. COVID has really moved that forward as far as the online piece of that yeah. um, by necessity, N- not necessarily because they wanted to. <laughs> I think that public safety as a whole has um, a little bit of a problem with moving forward and change. I think that that's just sort of the culture. Yeah. And um, But I'm, I'm thrilled that we're now using online education. The National Registry has now decided that they'll allow students. They just made this decision a few weeks ago that they'll finally allow students to use uh, online education. Yeah, one of, my, uh, one of my friends, I asked him when he was going to take his uh, National Registry. He said, I'm taking it Sunday from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, you mean I had to travel across the state to a computer lab and you can take it from home? Yeah. And you scan the room? I, I think that's crazy. I mean, but it just proves that you could have done it all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they still won't allow paramedic students to, but they will allow the EMR and the EMT student. Yeah. But now they're allowing, uh, they had limits on how much online education uh, you could do for continuing education. And so now they've lifted that. And so so they are becoming, you know, more progressive. And so yeah. that's a good thing. But um, so the use of technology, that's a, that's a huge change. Yeah. And, and I'm glad to see that because we need to be competitive. We need to be able to be, um, you know, if, if we if we want to compete in the allied health professions, we need to be able to be competitive in that yeah, world. That and, um, you know, when a student graduates from an EMT or a paramedic program, they need to be able to be technologically educated as well. And so I think that um, the other p- piece of that is that with the younger generations coming in, they are very, very technologically adept. Yeah. And, um, you know, we can't have the baby boomer generation teaching, you know, generation uh, X, Y, Z, and alpha. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, In the same way that they were taught. We We have to really be mindful of, you know, changing how we're reaching the generations if we want to have effective education. And so I think that those are probably the biggest changes. Yeah. And I'm glad and I'm glad to see those changes. Yeah. They definitely didn't have Zoom back then. No, they didn't. <laughs> and we use Zoom a lot and I, yeah. I just I love it. We use Zoom even if we don't have students on Zoom because their whiteboards are so great. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So they're a really great thing. And you know, to kind of um go off of what you're um talking about as well, one of the other big changes that's happened is national accreditation. And so um that's been a really big hit to um, Ohio, to, to a lot of states, actually. Um, so paramedic programs are now required to be nationally accredited. Um, prior to this, they just had to be state accredited. And so to be nationally accredited, it, it's a good thing, but it's a very expensive, labor-intensive, cumbersome process. and. Um, You have to be a college or a hospital-based system to be able to qualify for that. And if you're not, then you have to be affiliated with a college. So, for example, our program did not qualify, and so we had to form a consortium. Um, And so we are um, in a consortium with North Central State College for that. 
Um, but we lost a lot of programs in the state of Ohio. So, for example, Southern Ohio is very, very, um, you know, in, in drought for paramedic programs. And so we are, there's a paramedic deficit in our state as a result of that. I don't want to get you off track, but I was going to ask you about that because it seems like there's a lot less turning out of paramedics. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons. It's it's a really huge problem. And so recently there was a um there was, you know, some talk put forward by the National Registry to allow an, another pathway um, you know, that programs wouldn't have to have the national accreditation, but that was that was taken off the table. So hopefully that will come back. Um but but yeah, so that's a big deal. But it was a really a big deal for us to be able to achieve national accreditation. So I'm really proud of our program and our staff that we were able to to do that. Um, as far as I know, there's only one other private program in the entire state that was able to survive the national accreditation process. That's a big deal. Yeah, it really is a big deal. Yeah, I'm I'm very proud of our staff. Our uh, we have a great advisory board. Your dad is uh, on our advisory board. Yep, he he just does a great job uh, for us as well. So. Yeah, it, it's it is very very labor intensive. <laughs> I bet it is um, amazingly labor intensive, but uh, it's a really big feather in our cap. So yeah, yeah I'm absolutely. super proud of, of of all of us for that. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, um, kids, not kids, but young adults. Um, do you think they actually learn better being on Zoom and everything? Because the way I look at it is, uh, I know the older paramedics are like. Well, you have to be in the classroom, but uh, the way I look at it is the National Registry doesn't change for anybody. So mm-hmm. you still have to produce results for your students, and I know you guys kill it on the National Registry. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, we do kill it. Yeah, I appreciate that you said that. Um, I think that it's generational, right? I think that the younger generation absolutely learns just as well on Zoom, maybe better, than they do in the classroom because that's what they're used to. Right. They are very, very technologically adept. They have, they have all Generation Z and Alpha, which are the kids that are, you know, junior high, high school and coming out right now, they have never not had technology. Right. Right. We have this cute meme uh, that we pass around that sh- that shows this little girl saying to her grandma, why do you keep saying hang up the phone, right? <laughs> she doesn't get that. Like, what does that mean, hang up the phone? That that doesn't compute to her. And to us, we're like, well, what do you, you know, what do you mean? Yeah. They are they are 100% technology, right? Yeah. Now, we have to have them in the classroom to learn skills, obviously. Right, that's why my, some people, just like with the uh, – firearms training you hear online and firearms training and it sounds taboo because you're like well you have to touch the thing but the majority of it is just retaining knowledge sure yeah it's didactic (laughs) sure yeah Yeah. and that's what we're doing as well so yeah absolutely i think that there are some people that don't learn well you know they're, they're not going to do well in a in a zoom environment but i think with the newer generations and that's that you know Let's face it; it's the younger generations that are coming into the classroom. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that they're 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 doing just as well, and in some cases, I think they do they do better. They do better. Yeah. How many of your students are online, like generally? Right now, it's almost half. Really? Yeah, it's growing. That that number is growing. I think when I was in your medic class, there was two maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they yeah. still came. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. 
That's yep. interesting. We're seeing it. We're seeing the numbers increase as the you know as the ages of the students you know <laughs> right. decrease. I, or I shouldn't say decrease, but as as we see you know the newer generation, the newer generations. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. Did you do anything else before you? Like, did you pursue pursue another career before EMS, or was it just you? Yeah, EMS. I mean, I had jobs, you know, but right. yeah, EMS was my first career. Yeah, yeah, yep. And that was really young in my life, so it's right. really been my only. Other than you know, I've had you know my regular. Everyone has jobs, yeah, you know, right. just to you know pay the rent kind of thing. Right. But yeah, it's been my only, only career. And like me, it uh, trickle down to your kids. Yeah, yeah. My whole family is in uh, public safety or in, uh, you know, the medical field. Yeah. So, I mean, Dustin's a, he's with Worthington and, you know, EMT and the the fire chief down there with their department. And my, you know, Mike's a a nurse and then Aaron's with the Mansfield Fire Department, a paramedic with Mansfield Fire Department. And then Andrea's, um, She's a paramedic, and then she's also well. She works in the Grant Emergency Room, and then she's also the um, EMS coordinator for uh, Delaware County. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so and she's she's really enjoying that role. She gets to really interact a lot with, you know, really being the liaison between yeah, you know, EMS and and the healthcare system, and so that's a good role. It's a good role for her, mm-hmm. definitely. It's a good role for me too because I call her up a lot and say, "Listen, can you can you uh, you know talk to them for us?" Yeah. <laughs> what do you think's been the hardest part of all this? Like looking back, uh, I think. I know it hasn't all been easy, but. Yeah, I think uh, national accreditation probably has been the hardest part. We we really that that was a struggle, um, but you know the biggest struggle I guess produces the biggest rewards, yeah, right? Absolutely. So um, we we are, like I said before, very proud of ourselves for being able to, you know, get past that. And a lot of programs just weren't able to do that. Um, so that that's probably been our biggest struggle. Um, I'm really I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, we are really a small business success story. Yeah, you really are. We are we are a private business. Um, I think a lot of people don't know that. I, they think just because we're an EMS school that maybe we're a public, you know, Somebody entity. Just gave you a building and you were assigned to the yeah. classroom. Yeah, um, but we are a private, uh, privately owned business, and uh, we are privately funded. Our equipment is privately purchased. You know, we're not yeah. getting government funding or government, you know, grants or money. Um, so I think that you know we we are very much a success story. And um, yeah, I always thought that I always thought that about the house uh, in the middle of Lucas that people driving by there didn't realize how many careers got started yeah. out of that house. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's definitely interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, cause I ask everybody, if you could give yourself advice around the time you were 18 or got just graduated high school to your current self, what would it be? Wow. That is a really hard question. It is hard. That's why I like to be the one asking it. <laughs> <laughs> if I could give myself advice now, I think it would be to make sure that you always continue to pursue your goals no matter what other people say. 
Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times people will try to um, dissuade you, especially if your goal looks too big, you know. And a lot of people did do that, you know. They're like, are you crazy? You can't just go start an EMT school. What are you thinking, you know? Good thing you didn't listen to them. Right, yeah. And, um, you know, and here we are. Yeah. You know, and like you said, I'm I'm very proud of the fact that we have had thousands of students. Yeah. You know, thousands. Every agency in this county and in most surrounding counties have our graduates. Yeah. And um, we have a very high bar here. You do. <laughs> <laughs> we do. And we have, you know, and we have a lot of, you know, we, we know, we, we know the reputation. People are like, oh, my goodness, that's a hard program. But... But we are glad that people say, oh, my goodness, that's a hard program. You you want that. We do. We want that. Like I said earlier, it shows because, yeah, class may have been a little tough, but um, you go to that National Registry testing station all by yourself and you don't want an easy class behind you. Right. Well, you also don't want the person that was lazy and irresponsible taking care of your family member. Yeah, exactly. And we tell the students that on the very first day. And I remember that. Right. If if you don't think you can do this, especially after the... uh, Rather disgusting videos, I guess I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you don't like this, then it's not Mm -hmm. too late, you know? Yep. And I like that. I I like knowing that a lot of people that are potentially going to be running on my family or my friends are probably going to be coming here. So it's a nice little comfort. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that's the way we view every single student. And that's, you know, I, I personally insist that every instructor that works here and, you know, sees the students that way. They are an investment into the community, right? We will work with these people. These people will take care of our family and our friends, and we have to see them as that type of investment. I mean, sure, this is a business and they're a financial investment, but it's more than that. It's a way bigger picture than that for us. It has to be because – we are sending them out to be those people that are going to serve our community. Right. And that's very important. So that bigger picture we have to keep in mind, and that's the, that's, that's the driving force behind being so strict on our requirements. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and that's what we tell them. If you want to ask another human being to trust you with their care, then we feel like we should be able to trust you to, you know, do your homework. Yeah, and it resonates with the other departments around the county because they ask where you went to school sure that's awesome all righty well thanks for talking with me yeah well thanks for having me i appreciate it i appreciate it well thank you